katoa he itzi he pounamu. We may be small, but we are a treasure. We all know that branding a product or service is important. It has to encapsulate what it is you're trying to advocate or promote. Ngāti Parau, Mire Tākoko, put a lot of thought into the naming of her exercise, Bodybuilding Programme. Chump change is about the idea that if you give us, you lose change. Collectively, you know, a little change can change a lot. But the other was um, the idea of this chump. You know, there's, for a lot of us, especially Māori, um, I believe, in my experience growing up, and going to a Māori school, um, there's this ma that's, you know, it's kind of unseen, but it's part of our culture. So if anyone stands out... it can out, be paralysing. Well, that's right. A hey, whakama right. can stop you from doing so much. That's right. It can stop you from knocking on the door of somebody's house. I mean, I've experienced this. And this I mean, if you had to describe whakama, how would you describe it? Um, well, basically it was like the chump, that voice... <laughs> in the back of your mind that tells you you can't be who you want to be or you can't do what you want to do because you're too scared about who's going to judge you for, for that. Kia ora, mire tākoko with Mariah Rakaraku. That's coming up. Te Aika Radio New Zealand National It's about this time of year when you start thinking about the myriad of events coming up. Just this weekend, Morehu from around the Motsu. That's the term used to describe followers of the Hupotiki Wirimuratana, founder of the Ratana religion of Whakapono. Descended upon the Ratana settlement south of Whanganui on their annual pilgrimage to mark his birth date in 1925. A big mihi to all of those who attended. Hey, and doing the rounds at the moment, Justine, there's that feature-length film, Mount Zion, starring Stan Walker, that's about to get released. And of course, the Olympics of Kapahaka, actually Timuera Morrison, who's both in Mount Zion, he'll make an appearance at Te Matatini. Uh, it's all the go at the end of next month in Rotorua. Who will take out the coveted top spot? Ehua, what's your, who's your pick? Well, I'm going to go for a Te Arawa team since it's back on their home too. Actually, I've changed my mind. I'm such a turncoat. <laughs> the whanau up anui. Actually, same go rangi nui. <laughs> now, speaking of home turf in Rotorua, Justine visited the cosy whare of Beatrice Piatarehi Yates. Now, she's known as Auntie B. Aira, and the more I talked to her, the more I was, well, fascinated by what she actually did. I mean, she's an example of someone who has given back mm-hmm constantly to the community she loves. We begin our kōrero talking about her songwriting skills and yes, she's written a few childhood classics. Bang! 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 Miss went the booty pakeha. Oma rapati, oma rapati, oma oma oma. Moe rapati, moe rapati, moe moe moe. 
Flashing back to Westbrook School when I was there and learning Ma's rights and Westbrook, and I used to go to Westbrook as oh. an itinerant, but you may not have been there. When we think of Way Out to My now, here it is. We've comp- I, I put it into a book, Way Out to My, with all the songs and beautiful illustrations for our Tamariki Ma of all ages, you know, and, and it's just. This the hooky toki. Doing a kidoto. So we've got Ma something. Ma hunga here. Oh, oh. Yes, we, we used to have fun with that one because when we went, we got down to the bottom part, you know, the of the autonomy, we, we'd say, now we're going to use do or were you going to use nono? I said, let's use nono because it sounds like tonono kidoto, tonono kidoto. And the kids love shaking it all about, you know. So these are the tiny books that are available for our Tamariki Ma. This is Hōhate Tanifa, that's Waiata Mai. And of course, one day a Tanifa is in English and Māori. So, you know, in my days, we only had it in the English. Now we've got Te Tahi Tanifa, Kauhoi Ite Moana. So it's all in Māori oh, and English. Yes. And, you know, my real, real dream is for all of us in New Zealand to have some basic uh, uh, knowledge of te reo Māori because te reo Māori is soft, it can be soft, it can be glowing, it can be warm, it can be awesome and wonderful. And when I compare it, I don't want to be mean, but when I compare it to the Chinese language, it's so different. It's got a softer tone to it or a softer uh, uh, approach. It's not harsh on the... Not harsh on the lips and the mouth. And and I want everybody in New Zealand to be proud. I don't want... I, I don't want anybody to say, oh, I don't want to learn Māori. You know, this is a fun way of learning Māori. It's a beautiful way. Song and dance is the best way because you're singing... And you're learning the words, and you you won't forget. Songs are really, you know, kids can relate to songs. So kids, can, and it sticks in your mind. Yeah. O kuanti bia hau, no te arawa, engari napu manawa e waru o te arawa, ngahapu. Uh, no nati pikiao, nati rangi wewehi, nati fakowe, rangi teorede, nati awa, tu faretoa, tu haurangi, rangi tihi, te roro te rangi, uenuku kopako, te rangi unuora, nai te rangi. Uh, ko ngā iwi, ko te arawa, ko tūhoe, ko tainui, ko ngā puhi. Uh, taku whakapapa oe. <laughs> Engari he Māori ahau. With some Scottish and Indian and Fijian and Irish whakapapa. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> he fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed uh, melting pot. Hi. So, Auntie B, let's call it all. Where were you born and where were you raised and where did you spend your childhood? I was the only baby from our whānau uh, born in the hospital. Yes. Because... It was kind of cute in those days. I don't know. The system had funny feelings about Māori having their tamariki pepe at the kainga because something could go wrong. Hmm. So in 1939, <laughs> my mother went to Pukiroa Hohipera. On the hill? At, on the hill. Yes. And that's where I was born. And she said I was the noisiest baby in the hospital. <laughs> Tangi weto. Tangi weto. Korentaringa. No ears. I, I can't get over that because I think of today what happens with people. A lot of people want to have their babies at home now. Home births. Hey, yeah, 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 home births. That's cool. But if you have to have somebody around that you know, knows what they're doing. So that's where I was born. Siblings. I have two sisters still living. Uh, Zoe. And Winifred Sita. And it's so happy that I still have 
somebody in the whānau living because my big brothers went over to the war, mm. changed the ages, went over to fight for us. Oh, see that they were a certain uh, age and say were they 15 or something. <laughs> they weren't of age, but never mind. I guess all our Māori boys wanted to see the world and travel on the ship over there, but they didn't really know what war was all about until they reached there. So I've lost my two big brothers and my first big brother, uh, Peter, was brought up by my kroa, Tengaru Ranapia, who was a master carver mm-hmm. in the old days here in Te Arawa. And he got peritonitis and they had no car to take him to the Hohipera. So what? they had to get a buggy and take him to Rotorua Hospital. By the time they got there, it was, it you know, it wasn't. It was too late. Mm. Uh, too late. And he was apparently, according to my mum, he was tino mohiokete korero Maori. Yeah. And he was only about five, I think. When they took him up to hospital, five, yeah, and he could court it or might have been been brought up by the crow and the queer. You see, we we learned we had a lot of respect for one another because we had to really work hard for whatever we wanted to achieve. Everything was grown in the garden. <laughs> yep. Everything from Briwai to Kumara to Kamo Kamo, the works, and everything we got was from Ngamuana, Ngaawa. Koda, mm. Whitebait, Morihana, Trout, Tuna. So we didn't have any Mekitanara or Kentucky <laughs> no. Fried Hey Hey. <laughs> it yes, was no Kai from the, then. It was all living kai off the land. A la natural, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I even remember helping mum to put the riway in the garden. She had a spade and she'd put the spade in and I'd be behind and I'd throw in the rewai and I'd get a bit hoha because I want to go for a swim. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we had a hard but a wonderful, wonderful life. Yes. Our yes. mothers were there for us all the time. They didn't go to work. When we came home from school, we had a big pot of clay on the stove. Yeah, all those things that I really truly cherish you talked about a mixed melting pot of heritage that you come from mm. so in terms of your father what what heritage is that my father and my father was indian and they say along the line there there was a bit of american too from the old days you know but he came from india which part of india uh kashmir they say it's a beautiful place. Oh, Lots of flowers and trees. Yeah, Kashmir. It sounds so nice. One of these days I'll get there, you know. And uh, I guess I appreciate all my different. Um, of course. Yep. Yeah, whakapapa. But uh, the one that? that's important to, to me, which I'll never forget, is, is my Māori whakapapa. Mm, mm. You know, the Scottish side, yes, you know. <laughs> It gives me the oomph to go. That's right. I was going to say, that's where you get your va-va-voom. The car. <laughs> How was it that your mum and dad met? Oh, it was such a beautiful story. She was at Queen Victoria. She won a scholarship when she was 12, a Bishop Bennett scholarship. Uh, and, uh, of course, she went to Queen Victoria, and as she got older, they went for a trip to Waiheke Island on the boat. And my father must have come over from Fiji, and he was on the same boat, and there was a big coil of rope on the thing. And he was looking at my mother, and she was kind of looking at him. And, and she went and tripped over the rope thing that was on the <laughs> deck, and he caught her. Oh, wow. Oh, isn't that romantic? My gosh. But she didn't see him again till a long time after he came down to Rotorua. And he, she saw him in the streets, in Tutanakai Street. And, uh, of course, well, you know. Love soon finds a way. Of course, my our people, our crow and queer, and the people of Nantipikia and the close Fano yes. and Fanonga, they didn't like it one bit. I can imagine yeah, because that would have been because, what, the nineteen twenties. Oh or? yes, that's right. And 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 the thing was, you see, when a lot of these Indian people came over from India, they owned shops, yes, little veggie shops and fruit shops. Yeah, they caught our Māori women. A lot of Māori women in Rotorua were married to Indians. They, they must have said to them, Oh, I got the shop. 
I don't know. Oh, if they God, had a business, a successful business, that would have been quite alluring. <laughs> but oh, that's just something funny. My dad was good. He could speak English well. He was a good carpenter. Yes. And had help on the marae and that sort of thing. And he built houses. Or he built Sam Embry's uh, first shop in Rotoiti. You know, that's a long, Rotoiti. long time ago. Sam Embry had a shop in Rotoiti. So he built, you know, there's lots of uh, wonderful things that he did. So there's signs of your father's work today, are evident today? Yes, yeah. there are still many houses down Takinga Street and Mauria by the Ohio Channel that he built too. So he he was quite clever and handsome. So what was your maiden name? Grant. Oh, Grant. Yes, so yes. that's but that, is that your father's surname? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, but uh, there was an Indian name that went with it too. But the the Grants were from Suva, in 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 Fiji, wow. and yeah, they were. Yeah, I think we must have been the the poor Grants. <laughs> I think all of them were doctors and lawyers and teachers and yes. barristers and solicitors and in the court and JPs. Yes. And uh, but we were the hard-working grants yes. from Modia. So, <laughs> so then, Auntie B, I'm, I'm I'm quite conscious of of, of the time. Obviously, okay. a very busy person. So then, how? I mean, teaching teaching is of course teaching more than most of your life. But yeah. fifty years, fifty man. Years. I could, I wanted to carry on too, but I thought no, no, no. So I just relieved now. Uh, Twenty years at Rotokawa School. By the airport, I did my PA there, and then 30 years at Rotorua High School. And what's a PA? Please? A PA is the first year. Oh, first year. Probationary assistant in 1960. So you obviously, did you go to Teachers College? Yes. Yes, yes. And with Toby and Bill, my two mates. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Toby Rikihana and Wiremu Tafai. And then 20 years at Rotokawa. And, then and 30 years at Rotorua Lakes High oh School. Oh my gosh! But in 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 the in those fifty years, I crammed everything into my life, travelling the world with Kapahaka. <sighs> Absolutely fantastic, singing and dancing here, there, and everywhere. You're going to come to that shortly. <laughs> yeah. So I've had a wonderful life. I really mm. have, and it and it doesn't stop. I finished school, and my goodness me, I've never been busier. You know, how did the education system in your eyes change over time? I mean, it has changed so much. The Tamariki Ma, who I first taught, well, you know, I think about kids going without kai today. You know, it's, it happened many, many years ago too. I, you know, this is 19, in 1960. I'd call them into my classroom and give them my lunch and, and take an old fry pan to school and make something like flapjacks and if I had sausages in the deep freeze out they would come to me I had to look after the kids to get the best out of them mm. and if they were hungry they never had any kai I wouldn't get the positive feelings and the vibes from them because they'd be sleepy and they'd be cochety, mm. they'd be restless and you know all of them were Māori I think I had one Pākehā um, boy in, and his sister in my class. The soup kitchen began. It was the Afi room, the Manaki room. I tried not to use soup kitchen, but oh, that was our basic kai soup and, and noodles and toast and jam and bar Was this in the 80s? In the 80s when I got to, we, the soup kitchen was going forever. And ever. If I had waited for somebody to give me some money to feed the kids, it would never have happened. So I had to do it myself. With the help of my buddies, you know, some of the, my teaching mates would say, oh, we'll give you a hand, auntie, we'll bring you in something today. And uh, I'd go out and sing and dance. I, that's when I used to do my teen at Duna. And, and then the money I used know. to go, we'd, bu we'd buy all our um, kai and, and stock it up in the cupboards and hopefully the ants wouldn't get at it. But uh, it's, it's an ongoing, ongoing um, problem. And our, our people have got to make, correct positive decisions whether we have babies when we're 16 and 17 and we don't know how to look after them
because that's what happened. They come to school and, and the, the nannies are looking after them and then, and then they can't keep their tamariki ma. And what happens? The cycle begins. Now, we spoke a little bit in the interview about, um, see, my father, who lives in an area called Matsupihi in Tauranga, remembers one New Year's Eve you performed at Hungahungotoro Sports Club, just as did your Tina Turner routine. Where did that come from? Ooh, so to everybody who doesn't boy, know, oh Auntie boy. B also performs. I don't know if she's still, I'm not too sure if you still do it. Yeah, about 30, I'm, I'm still doing You're it. You're still doing you it? Know, you dress up with not your... Well, yes, I'm, yeah, yeah, now and again, I think when they're short of an act, <laughs> or, or it's a freebie. <laughs> You've got your Tina Turner wig. And, and I can... I just performed for the St. Faith's Church a couple of Sundays ago. Oh, right. They were fundraising for the church. So we went to do a promotion for Air New Zealand, and or was it Qantas? I think it was Qantas. And we went to the States, and uh, my cousin John Waka and Yonin were with me, and she wanted to buy a wig, you know, an Afro wig. You know, those yeah, were yeah, out in those. Yep. Michael Jackson. She said, oh, put this one on your head, Auntie B. And it was a Tina Turner wig. Oh, man, it was gorgeous. You know, because I was younger in those days. And when she put it on my head, I thought, wow, I look great. <laughs> I said, oh. And, of course, a lady came over. She said, you've got to buy that now because you didn't put a neck underneath the thing. Oh. I said, oh, whatever. <laughs> so I left it on my head and I walked down the street. I got a few whistles. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm going to make do with this wig. So I came home. And my first show was at the airport, the Rotorua Airport. Rotorua Airport. Yeah, and I had my school kids from Lakeside dressed up behind me. They were going out out and sitting <laughs> the best, you know. Oh. And this American woman came over and says, I had to come to Rotorua to see Tina Turner. <laughs> so from then on, it didn't stop. It was fundraising. Fundraising. Fundraising flat out for the Cancer Society in Rotorua. That was my big, big one. And we raised thousands of dollars because when they knew that it would go straight to the cancer appeal, they would give a thousand dollars for my show. I thought I was real. I thought I was big time, you know. <laughs> but really, it was the co-pop that they right. gave the money for. So uh, I've never looked back. I've been all over New and the Georgie Pie restaurants. Holy yes. hacker! I was there for just about all of their openings. <laughs> and I had my Georgie Pie sign on the back, and I'd go, send me the best Georgie Pie. <laughs> Better than all the rest. Really? And, uh, they'd fly me down everywhere. I Gosh. was a mascot. <laughs> I don't think I went to the Georgie Pie openings. I used to go on the second day. I used to give all the in. pies away to the kids around me, the caravan. Here we are, darling. Here you have a pie. Have a pie, have a pie, have a pie. I love Georgie Pie. Hi, kia ora, Auntie B. That was recorded in October last year. Hey, and just tell you Justine, I had no idea that she was responsible for those waiata. Ma is His white. white. Fedor is red. Yeah, I mean, I know. They're, they're, these are kohana real classics. They are, and... Uh, Omarapiti. No. She wrote the... I know. I, I didn't even know that about Auntie B. I knew about her work as a teacher and an entertainer. But when she held up the original, you're going to see photos at our web page, by the way, the original book, 1974, One Day A Tanifa, and then she opened it and had all the words. One Day A Tanifa. I mean, these are classics. They are. And they, they, I mean, in my lifetime, I just thought they were always there. So, wow. I mean, finally, eh? She's getting that yeah. recognition. She's getting that recognition that she deserves. Awesome. <laughs> Now, like Jesse mentioned, we have photos pasted up at our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. Go check them out. And we've got a few new things in the pipeline whānau for teahika, including getting an insight mm. or, you know, like a snapshot into people's mahi work, what they do for a living. And, of course, we'll be out and about recording at various marae, Around the Motsu in our segment, Na Marae Ote Motsu. In the meantime, there's still the same old, same old ways. You can get in touch. You can send us an email, tiahikaradionz.co.nz. Find us on Facebook. You'll find the link on our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Now I'm guilty of it. You are too, eh, Justine? What are you talking about? What do you mean? 
New Year's resolution, Zehua, lose weight, eat better, exercise more, go to bed earlier. Yeah, I'm probably more guilty of it. Yeah, I start it with great gusto, as you do on January the 1st, oh, and then yeah, by January the 28th, they've kind of fizzled it's out. Like, oh, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> and then by the time winter rolls around, it's like, oh, it's really late. Yes, put your jammies on at <laughs> 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, you're not the only one. And at this time of the year, gyms are groaning with new members and weight loss plans. All following on from Christmas, where there's usually an influx of giving to charities. Nazi Puro Wahine Meretakoko has taken all of that and combined it into an exercise and bodybuilding program she created a mere 10 months ago. Chump Change. How did you come up with that name? So, um, when I decided to get into the sport of bodybuilding after a cousin of mine had approached me, um, you know, I decided that. The only way I was going to get on stage and shake my booty and expose my body to the rest of the world, <laughs> you know, um, was by having some kind of kaupapa attached to it. So we kept talking about it, and one of the things that's quite blatantly obvious in my region, which is Thaidafati, is the amount of women affected by breast cancer. So we have a much more higher, higher rate of the disease in our area. Um, and I thought it would be a fantastic kaupapa, one, to raise money for, but also to kind of inspire a movement for health and well-being. Because as we all know, breast cancer is very much related to um, the foods that we choose to eat. Um, a lot of bad kai that is around us, um, multinational foods from you know McDonald's to Burger King to <laughs> what we almost see every Friday night if we have fish and chips. Um, and so this concept evolved that one, we could combat this disease, but two, we could raise money. Um, so I thought of chump change because it has a dual meaning. One, chump change is about the idea that if you give us, you lose change. Collectively, you know, a little change can change a lot. But the other was um, the idea of this chump. You know, this for a lot of us, especially Māori, um, I believe in my experience growing up, and going to a Māori school, um, there's this ma that's, you know, it's kind of unseen, but it's part of our culture. So if anyone stands out... It can out, be paralysing. Well, that's right. That's a right. can stop you from doing so much. That's right. It can stop you from knocking on the door of somebody's house. I mean, I've experienced this. And this I mean, if you had to describe ma, how would you describe it? Um, well, basically, it was like the chump, that voice... <laughs> in the back of your mind it tells you you can't be who you want to be or you can't do what you want to do because you're too scared about who's going to judge you for, for that. And we can be so very was, judgmental, well, Māori. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So we wanted to break down some of those stereotypes and I guess it's this cope is not just about fitness as much it is, as it is about tapping into people's inner strength you know, and trying to get them to break through their own personal issues and become you know, whoever it is that they want to be. So um, that's what chump change means. <laughs> yeah. So we want to. Both, yeah. Sounds like Mary. That I mean, this is something that you've been thinking through and working on for a long time. Well, it's been a year now, almost exactly. Actually, it's only been ten months since we launched the COVID officially um, in Gisborne. But at the time, it was. I just had a moment of inspiration where my cousin said, let's do this for breast cancer. Our auntie had just got breast cancer. Um, and I decided to have a hui <laughs> at our local gym. <laughs> and she do. Yes, she do. At Les Mills, there was about 10 people, a lot of the trainers based out of Taha Fitness. Um, Trudy Hokamo, obviously, is one of the most inspirational people in that area. And we said, let's do this. So we um, organised an event. We invited Parikura Horomea, our local MP, to come and help launch it, and um, Carol Hirschfeld. So they're kind of like... Another Fanonga. Yeah, well, that's right. And we had an auction event and, and um, said, look, you know, we're about to embark on this 12-week journey to raise funds. We're going to get all our family and friends to sponsor us for every kilo we lose. Um, and we're inviting our community to join us in that um, journey. 
And the next day, um, about 60 people walked through our gym door and signed on to the program. <laughs> Just like that. It's so, a kumara vine operating. Well, that's right. <laughs> strongly. So, you know, we had nothing really in place except this idea that we wanted to lose weight, uh, we wanted to get into bodybuilding, and we wanted to have a kaupapa attached, and that was raising money and awareness for breast cancer. Why 12 weeks? Well, um, 12 weeks is really how long it does take someone to um, adopt this lifestyle. Um, that lifestyle is um, good nutrition and also knowing how to train uh, because it's a, it takes a process of being able to turn into your body. You know, you can't just jump into this and think that you can um, change your diet instantly like you're gonna look because it requires you to eliminate all sugars refined foods you know from white flowers you know bread that's high what? which is like the staple bread. right bread's like <laughs> staple. absolutely so I'm sorry you can't eat the fried bread folks what on this bread? program <laughs> you know and I think a lot of our people who have tried to do things like body for life and other challenges fail because um, you know you're not given proper guidance um, and encouragement on adapting slowly <laughs> to eliminating the bad kai in your diet. You know so what though, Mary, coming into a gym yeah. is a barrier in itself as well. That's true. It can be intimidating <laughs> stepping foot in a gym. Yeah. Well, uh, in Gisborne we're really lucky because um, our gym is not typical of what you would see around the country. It's a whānau atmosphere. But coming down to the capital, um, yes, I think the gym scenes are quite alienating. Which is why uh, we kind of take a group um, approach. So whenever I set up a 12-week challenge, we have at least 10 people that are going to do it. And they're told at the start that this is a whānau, that you're here not only to push yourself and reach your own goals in terms of weight loss, whatever they might be, um, but you're here also to support others on the program. So it's like going to a nightclub. You don't want to go and, and hang out and drink by yourself, do you? No. Dance the night away. No, you want to go with a bunch of mates. And Hemp so once you start taking that approach and saying, <laughs> yep, everyone gets each other's numbers, gets to really know each other. A lot of single people probably get to know each other a bit too well. <laughs> <laughs> Text each other up and say, hey, I'm going for a train at 6am. 6, 6 you want to join me? And that way it kind of takes the edge off... Um, being in an environment which is foreign and, and the gym scene is foreign but the whole idea with our, um, our approach is that you know I spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with people that do this and I teach them how to use the equipment I give them programs and then teach them how to eat I'll go shopping with them and <laughs> you know we have a shopping list a grocery list and um, I kind of just mentor people through the psychology of changing your lifestyle. Oh no, Mary! I mean, I'm starting to get these feelings <laughs> of when I used to try and avoid my um, lecture at university when I had it handed in an essay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, have you found Absolutely. that you can have participants like that? It's like, oh, I'm sick. Oh, oh, you know, all the, all the excuses. Absolutely. Well, that's, there's nothing like peer pressure to um, get your butt into that gym. And that's the whole approach we take too. Like, um, but there's also nothing like financial restraint. I mean, whatever the fee is to join, yeah. I mean, that's uh, financial... <laughs> You know, you've made a financial commitment. Well, that's true. Um, but on top of that also, we have a commitment to breast cancer. And, and actually, we're now a uh, partner. We just, this week, became an official partner of um, New Zealand Child Cancer Foundation. So I just wanted to bring in a new element to our kaupapa and also... Um, element <laughs> slash pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's actually what gets people across the line. Um, because in my experience I've found that they need a hook and if you don't love yourself enough, which a lot of people don't, that's not going to get you through the programme. Often you can love others. That's right. Aye. That's right. And then through so if your mate's relying on you to get up in the morning and get to right. the gym or your mate is relying on you to stick to your weight loss goals so that together you can raise the money you need because it gets case. sponsored by the kilo they lose. You know, every really? kilo they lose. Is that how yeah, it works? that's how we like the 40 hour famine. So at the beginning of the program, you say, okay, I want to lose eight kilos, or I want to put on, some people want to put on weight, which is fine too, because it's about building strong bodies, strong minds. So say I have a goal to lose 12 kilos. For every kilo, I'm going to get a whānau member to say, yep, 
they'll spot me five Many bucks. Many of you lost 12 kilos should disappear. <laughs> well, that's obviously not going to happen to me, but I lost 10 kilos my first round. I'm, I've maintained my weight. So you have 12-week cycles. That's right, 12 weeks. Now, well, 12 weeks because that's how long it really takes for your body to adjust to this lifestyle. You know, anything less um, doesn't become habit. In my view, that's how long it takes to just be able to shift everything. Now, in your lifetime, has weight been an issue? Um, No, because I've never really been conscious about it. I think, you know, in uh, Thel Māori, we're not so hung up on on the idea of being big. (laughs) I mean, all our kapahaka stars are big. It's celebrated, and I think it should still be celebrated. It's just something that becomes a problem when next minute got the diabetes, next minute, you know... Heart disease, is such a big issue for cancer. Um, so that's why I've, you know, really been trying to push this cope up. It's really for health and well-being. It's not an image-based thing. That's one of the benefits. And sure, there's lots of people who sign on and think, yeah, I want to have a fabulous beach body. Medi, help me. <laughs> and that's fine too. But ultimately, it's about building strong bodies, strong minds, strong communities, one sit up at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if we can raise money, we raised 12000 last year for breast cancer. That's going to be good for everyone. That's fantastic. Yeah. I do two things. I, I run the 12-week challenge for anyone at any time, but that's not for breast cancer. I, I, I put my heart and soul into the breast cancer and now child cancer kaupapa, and we only hold that once a year. Um, and that comes with particular benefits. So if you signed up, we officially launched March 30th at Farewaka, which is um, Taranaki Wharf in Wellington and uh, it's basically an initial introductory um, seminar we run it's meet and greet and we'll talk you through the process of what you'll need to um, do throughout the 12 weeks so that begins with information about um, nutrition I do a basic rundown of of uh, what foods we eat as part of this program and then um, how to cook it <laughs> so the program itself comes with recipes that you can follow um, and a grocery list, all that sort of thing. Um, and we'll also do an intro into the training elements. Um, I'm hoping, with the help of Simon Wolf, to film a new program for this to launch this year. Simon Wolf's a photographer down here, and he's agreed to do some work for free for us. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So we've got to photograph all the exercises and have instructions available. Um, and then I'm also talking to um, a few students to film the program, and then we're going to make that available online. So um, if you forget how to train in the initial seminar, um, you'll have that guide to help you so out the way you, through. So it sounds like this is transferable, this program. You can either come to the gym or you can do it at home. That's right. So we've got two different offerings. Um, one is, is, is a program you can do at home. If you just want to do the cardio, the new hakaha cardio program, that's fine. But I'm encouraged because we're also about building strong bodies. Um, and you're going to lose more weight if you do strength training. Um, that What's pro- strength training? Working with weights. Yeah, you'll lose up to 30% <laughs> more fat doing that because it's about speeding up your metabolism. So the more muscle you have, the more ability you have to um, you know, burn fat. Some people fat. get concerned about that, Mede, how they go from... Uh, you know, they end up bulking up a bit more? Yeah, particularly a lot of ladies, yeah. but it's actually the reverse. The effect is rever- the reverse. So you actually lose fat. <laughs> um, the only way you're going to bulk up if you're eating masses of protein and on steroids and, <laughs> you know. So that's just a myth. <laughs> it is a myth. Um, and there are many when it comes to the sport of, of bodybuilding. Excuse. That's right. right. <laughs> if anything, you're going to see yourself become slimmer, um, and like I said, we want to build strong bodies, so we incorporate um, dumbbells and Swiss ball. We have that available for people who do that program. Otherwise, they can just get get um, the equipment themselves. So if you just want to follow our program and be part of the Kaupapa, it just costs for $40 to register, and that's an admin fee and helps us out with our events. Um, but if you want training, trainer support, it, it's 120 and for that you get three personal training sessions. So you'll get one-on-one time to work out your, your specific nutrition plan um, and your specific training plan. Yeah. Um, the other option is if you want to come and join JETS, um, we've got you know, benefits for that. Or if you just want to continue working out at your current gym, you know, that's, that's the other option as well. 
So either way, it involves some handing over some money. Yes, yeah. So um, just the registration fee itself is $40, and then everything else is an attachment to that. So for $120, which is, you know, because we're trying to make this affordable for folks, that's what your outlay is going to be if you want to have three personal training sessions, you know, and that's at half price because normally it's uh, $80 for an hour for a personal trainer. So you're getting that at half cost. And it's the person taking you around, showing you how to use the equipment. That's the person developing your program wow. and then teaching Specifically you. Specifically for yes, you. Yes. So, I mean, we're talking about qualified people here. That's right. Dietitians. That's right. Another reason why I partnered with Jets because everyone has to have proper certification in order to work here and then it takes away all the health and safety um, things that I have to be concerned about so Jets is good because it really focuses on on that you know. So down in Wellington now are you finding you're getting a different kind of clientele coming in? I came down to Wellington last year to prepare for um, the national bodybuilding champs and a lot of people Facebooked me and said, oh, well, since you're here, why don't you set up a chumpy group and we'll come along. <laughs> so we actually started training together as a group um, in August and September of last year. Um, so it is a different kind of people, for sure. You know, I come from Gisborne, low socioeconomic area. People basically can't afford anything, <laughs> especially fitness. It's like the last thing on your priority list. Um, down here people have a lot more cash and so I guess it becomes uh, more feasible to take the program to another level because they can afford to get the dumbbells and the Swiss ball, um, they can afford to get a gym membership you know. and that's my intention is to, um, to grow the pro program nationwide and with Jets I can also grow it into Australia. And even so though Mira, I mean people can buy all the equipment and all the gear and still not, still not carry through on a program, you know? I yeah, mean, we're at the beginning true. of the year, people make <laughs> resolutions, I'm going to yeah. do this, I'm going to do that, yeah. go out, spend a fortune on gear, memberships, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, the way we try and um, encourage people to keep, keep at the program is by buddying everyone up. So you actually get a partner that you go through this journey with. Right. And you've got someone you're accountable yeah, to, like right, I said, peer right. pressure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah, best yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so instead of peer pressuring you into drinking and smoking, yeah, yeah, we, pre we peer pressure you into eating right and, and working out. <laughs> so I guess the whole thing is that you do the 12 weeks and then you just roll over 12 weeks continuously. Yeah, and, but also um, 12 weeks is a good amount of time to get people inspired to raise the money. Because it is quite a um, so how does the raising the money process, process kick in? Um, well, as soon as you sign up, you become I um, Chump Change will add you to our team or group um, websites that we have set up with both Child Cancer Foundation and Breast Cancer Foundation. So none of the donation money comes through our organisation; it goes straight to um, our charities. But what that enables us to do is track everyone's progress. So if you, once you sign on, um, you become an official member and anyone that donates to you online, um, that amount of money come, appears by your name. Oh and gosh, so it becomes shame. quite competitive. Nobody donates to your name. Oh, my oh God, yeah. It feels like a real shame. All my poor relations. <laughs> no one's got any money. Oh, I know. But they the, can barely buy them at I raffle tickets, oh, Mitty. Absolutely. Well, you know, and the way you avoid that is having a raffle, <laughs> having a car wash, having a barbecue at, like outside shame. the warehouse. I can imagine it being getting competitive, but it would also be like shame. Well, last year we had, uh, as an extra incentive, um, a trip to Rarotonga. Oh my God! And we're hoping I'm to do that. <laughs> and I'm talking to a few groups now um, to help us sponsor that. So that's always an, another good incentive. Is um, you know humans are competitive, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, essentially, yeah. and that works works for this co because people want to raise the most money. People want to you know be the best. <laughs> so for each kilo you lose, you get sponsored for it. That's the idea of it. And money comes through. That's right. So I've got one chumpy, for instance, Katie Paul, who um, has pledged to lose twelve kgs and um, she's already got two people who will give her six hundred dollars each if she, if she achieves that milestone but she has to achieve it first <laughs> so if you could imagine that if, if you didn't complete 
or achieve your goal, how bad you're going to feel because <laughs> it's 1,200 bucks <laughs> that could have come to this kaupapa. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, fear, fear can be the most um, powerful thing, you know. That's what brings people um, into this world, the fear of being judged because you're big, the fear of, you know, um, feeling like a loser, you know. There's a lot of things. So are people of different sizes enrolling in it? Yeah, um, absolutely. But I would say that over 60% would be people who actually would just want to lose weight. But we still have people who want to um, bodybuild. So that's why I'm coming out with a new program this year too, Figure and Physique, which is uh, like a full body, body sculpting program. So tell me, Mary, how did you end up? flaunting your business in a skinny little bikini on a stage. What's that? How did you end up flaunting your business in a skinny little bikini on a stage? How was that related to the chump change? Well, the whole idea of that is um, that we wanted to walk the talk. Um, so it was all fine and dandy to come up with this idea, let's lose weight for charity. But we wanted to take it to the full Monty, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Um, and inspire people at the same time. So bodybuilding is one of the most strenuous things you can put your, your body through, you know, yourself through, um, not just physically but also mentally because of the diet. We don't encourage people to follow that diet, but, but I will work with people who want to get into the sport. So for me, um, there's a lot of sacrifices that go into preparing for a competition, you know. You, you have to put yourself through so much, and I guess it just... You come one inch closer to understanding what it is to deal with or be part of a family dealing with cancer on a daily basis, you know, and struggles that they go had, through. Um, That's we've right. Been sick through cancer. Absolutely. Cancer. Yeah, so there's that, but it's also about inspiring people because they look at me, you know, when I started the journey, I was 64 kgs, I was 36% body fat. By the, what? By the end of the challenge, I was I hit the stage at 54 kgs, um, and my body fat percentage was down at 12 percent. You know, and that's what we're trying to do is, is change the body fat percentage as opposed I mean, to Mary, weight. I'm just going to throw something else in here. I mean, do you find sometimes that those body mass indexes and those formulas, I mean, they're not necessarily based around. Polynesian <laughs> body mass and, and, and you know it's like yeah. we're getting constantly compared yeah. to what is the ideal That's that right. is an ideal that doesn't even exist yes. genetically yeah. or physically in our being so, I mean yeah. are you how are you helping to not perpetuate that? Yeah well we will do that standardised um, we will you know when people come in we will assess them using pretty much that standardised yeah. system but on top of that, we also do body proportion measurements, which actually is what we're after. So we want to see um, people become, achieve the body size that they really want. So I guess the way we um, avoid all those stereotypes is just to be really clear at the beginning of the program that, um, you know, of, of everything that we've just said, that we aren't trying to compare our body types as Polynesians to mainstream. That's just ridiculous. And we're not about trying to be supermodels, get on the cover of, of the next fitness magazine or, <laughs> you know, it's not what it's about. So um, for us it's about instilling a sense of pride and, you know, um, beauty. And, and that really is in the eye of the beholder. Um, but one thing we will do is help you lose fat, <laughs> which everyone wants to do yeah, um, for does. health reasons and yeah. also to look good. Yeah. So we do body measurements as well as everything else, and that gives us a true indication of, of the changes that are happening physiologically in your body. So what happens if someone falls off the wagon? <laughs> <laughs> if someone falls off the wagon... They start avoiding you. Uh... <laughs> Their phone numbers, they, they ignore the text, <laughs> ignore the phone calls. Well, I'm not going to call the cops, but <laughs> I wish I could. You know, no. people fall off the wagon. You know, it's, it's kind of inevitable, but I found with our program, um, we have a higher success rate than what is typical. I would say is typical. And that's probably because we take more of a mentoring and, you know, approach and supporting people. And being really clear at the beginning, saying, don't just come to waste my time, because <laughs> I, you know, I give a lot of my time for free. 
um, I want people who really are serious about making lifestyle changes, both for better health, but also because they maybe want to look good or get back at a past partner they've just broken up with, <laughs> whatever their reason is. So I actually will sit down and have a session. What are your goals? They make sure there's a hook. There's got to be a hook. Normally that is something to do with the opposite sex. <laughs> and that's just being honest. <laughs> but if you don't have that and you're going to tell me you just want to look good, that's not going to be enough. Um, there's got to be another reason for what, you know, t- to get through this 12-week um, journey. So the best thing we can do is provide you the tools, um, encouragement, and then expose you to a group of like-minded people who, um, you know, you just got to surround yourself with. Yeah, because that's but the you thing. have to do that with everything. <laughs> Not necessarily just your fitness. It's with What's everything. Right? You know, we're social creatures, especially Māori. We're yeah. tribal people. So if you don't have that element, it's so much harder to um, complete it and we encourage it instead of hanging out with friends going down to the pub and having a drink after work come and hang with us <laughs> at the gym it's just really about the choices you make in your life that sounds cool and 12 weeks I mean that's not really a lot of time in the scheme of things it's minuscule um, but my theory is once people have completed that 12 weeks they will make the choice to change their lifestyle forever Koe kurangi te maunga, ko waipu te awa, ko ngāti parau te iwi, tu tonu mai koe maunga hikurangi, tu a huko ngā uri e. Uh, ko mere tāko ko tōku ingoa, he mahi tēnei ki a koutou, kua whakarongo mai. Now you'll hear from Mary again, and we'll see you at the event on the 30th of March at Farewaka Wellington. Next week, I'm learning all about rongoa Māori, and Afina Tumi takes me on a tour of the Whanganui Museum. We end our first show for the year with Ruia Apera Hama and his version of the Bob Marley version of Lively Up Yourself. Aneira Amerita Koko, Mete Fakatoki, Yutine Wiki. Aha koa he itzi, he namu. We may be small, but we are a treasure. Chump Change uh, is an organisation, it's spreading its message throughout the motu, and it's packing a lot of punch. He mihi tēnā ki a koutou katoa e huri mai anō ki te hōtaka nei a te ahikā. Atu i tērā ki tā tātou kai kōrero i tēnei wiki nā mihi. Hoki mai hei tērā rātapu, mai te whānau a te ahikā, ki a tātou katoa, Māori ora.